good evening one and all welcome along it is season five episode number 43 it's me and it's mike over there how are things mike oh i'm not hearing you at all mike no can't hear it my fault my fault my fault i do apologize <laughs> <laughs> it's all going on. The, all the technicals are happening tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. I mean, I have, uh, and I'm sure you have, and everyone across America and Europe as well that watched the the Super Bowl have recovered. Um, yeah, it, it's certain from what I'm seeing of the videos online, the Chiefs have not recovered. They are still partying. And to be honest with you, I'd be exactly the same if I was in their shoes. <laughs> Has um, Patrick Mahomes given the um, given the trophy the Lombardi to anyone else this year? <laughs> I know um, uh, from I seen it in one of his tweets. Miko Hardman got the game ball, so that's lovely. One. Yeah, uh, do you know what's funny about that though? Uh, I heard a story that uh, that Miko Hardman catches you know the game that ends in uh, the overtime game. <laughs> And he did. If you notice, he doesn't celebrate. He kind of just runs back onto the field and is just kind of like, okay, because he was not aware that that touchdown ended the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I think an awful lot of us were kind of caught out by the whole, the whole thing. I mean, I I was kind of going, right, what the hell is going on? Like three seconds left. They better snap this ball and then. <laughs> They're like, no, no, it keeps going on, it keeps going on. Okay, fair enough, I don't know football anymore. But, I mean, I'm not being paid millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. To know the rules. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is quite funny. Um, but, you know, it's it's in the books. We've had a back-to-back winner, uh, which has taken nearly two decades for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Here we are. Now they're, they're on the precipice of a three-peat. I don't see it personally because, I mean, it's great that they've got these yeah. players that they, they drafted players who are players that needed to spend a year to progress, uh, to get yeah. a little better. Um, you know, Rasheed Rice is a good example of that. You know, he needed yeah. that time. He kind of came out a little bit early. But they've got a lot of pieces, like... If you look at the Chiefs' offense, it's just he's lacking firepower. You've got Kelsey, yeah. yeah? All right. Yeah. He's aging. Uh, yeah. yeah, they've got Rice. He's he's on his way up. But what is beyond that? You know, there, there, yeah. there isn't anything. What's beyond on the offensive line? It's kind of a little unstable. And then you look at the defense, and there's like a lot of pieces that are flying at that door this year that they need to figure out. So you kind of say, um, what are they... What are they doing to do a three P? It's gonna take a lot of work. It's possible, you know, when you've got Patrick Mahomes, it's possible. You know, it never is. say never. Um, yeah. but it's a case of until we see because you know, like when you look at them the Chiefs in the season, and this is something I was thinking about, is that Super Bowl game, <laughs> it was like a perfect metaphor for the Chiefs actual entire football season. Yeah, that it it's slow and lumbering and flat to begin with, and slowly it picks a pace, and then slowly the offense clicks together, and then slowly mm. all of a sudden they're unstoppable, 
And that, that's yeah. how I seen it. That, that that game was a perfect example of the Chiefs entire season, basically. Yeah. And I mean, as 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 Craig here um has said, our own Craig, you know, the defense won this year, but it's can they keep hold of it? They were close to not being in the playoffs at all. You know, it's a weak division. And I mean, yeah, yeah, if yeah. like if you're honest, like you've kind of said, you know, some some of the players, Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, I think they have to give him a new deal if they're going to keep him. Mm-hmm. You know, Sky Moore didn't play a snap. I don't think in the Super Bowl this year. No, Kadarius Tony has really done much in the two years he's been there. Yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. And I mean, as Joe, as Joe says, like I mean, it's harder to repeat, especially with salary cap. So hats off, definitely. That is very true. And I mean, it's yeah. only themselves and the Patriots who've gone back to back since the salary cap era. Yep. The Cowboys, yeah. the Cowboys were the next closest to that, and that was just a, it was kind of right on the precipice of going into the salary cap era. Yeah, yeah, and it's quite. You know, that you talk about the Patriots were the last ones to go back to back. When you stop as well and you think about it, that when the Brady and the the, the Patriots dynasty era came to an end, we were mm. kind of just rolled straight into the Chiefs, sort yeah. of them becoming the dominant feature in the NFL, which is, and now they're there and they've gone to the back to back point now of, uh, of yeah. where they're at, you know, so. I mean, you know, like I say, you never say never to these things, but I don't see a three-peat. But yeah. wait and see what the draft is all about, mate. Yeah, and I mean, the the, the, the thing about it is, like, oh, shit, points gone out of my head. But I mean, <laughs> I, I said all year, I don't know who's going to win the Super mm. Bowl. And like I said, I said it to you late, late enough on Sunday night, I, I, I thought all season it was going to be the 49ers before, you know, before it went to 10-3, just before halftime. Yeah. And I suppose like that, they're probably going to start as preseason favourites because they still have Purdy on a cheap deal next year. He can't get a new contract until at least the end mm-hmm. of next season. Yeah. So they can put pieces around him. And, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they're the best set team at the minute. Yes, like the, the the issue you've got with the 49ers is really kind of like what you've seen. It, it, it was in the Super Bowl, it was in the Lions game, that mm-hmm. if the support cast yeah. doesn't elevate to help Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, and I'm not, this, this isn't to diss Brock Purdy, there is something there is something that is very important that he does. I mean we can get into it if you want, but you know, it'll end up taking up too much time on the show. Yeah. But, <laughs> We're yeah. not going too deep. <laughs> uh, you know, Purdy does something that is very unique. Um yeah. he's not this elite quarterback, but no. he has a very good support cast. So in the things that he does well, the rest of his supporting cast is skill positions are able to take and run with the things yeah. he does positively. Yeah. The unfortunate part is, which we've seen, is there are limitations to Purdy's game, and those limitations usually end up causing the 49ers to struggle. Yeah. Um, the Super Bowl was kind of very, very much close 
to that where they asked Purdy to answer and he kind of couldn't, you know? Yeah. It was one of those. It's one of those. Whereas yeah. the, the reverse side, it, it's almost yin and yang in, in this Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. on the other side, then you have the Chiefs who have this elite quarterback who can make the throws, yeah. make throws with, you know, um, with different arm angles and he can take mm. the deep pass in and he's accurate with it and he can drive yeah. down the field, but he didn't have the support cast. Um, mm. So it, it's, it's almost a reverse of each other uh, of how those teams were put together. Yeah. And I mean, as, as you kind of said, you know, it's, you're going, right. Who are the, who are the elite guys on his, on, on Mahomes's offense? Bark Kelsey, he doesn't have, he doesn't have an elite receiver. Pacheco had an awful game. He's probably a top 10 running back who they might not be able to afford to keep around. Um, you know, so, you know, how how long more before the 49ers are going, going to have to look around and go, right, we've Debo, we've George, we've Christian, we have to pay Brock, we have to pay Brandon Ayuk. And I mean, you said it to us earlier, there's talk that Brandon Ayuk wants out of San Francisco. He, he did say it today, yeah. Yeah. Um, and as as Stephen here is, is kind of saying, you know, Brady wasn't elite when he came in. Not to say that Purdy is on that level. It, but no, no, no. will get better with time. And I think that's that's a fair comment. That, that, and that, that is the next, that, that's obviously the next point then, is yeah. that, and it's a very important point, is that Purdy right now, like we said, has his limitations. He's able to do what he does thanks to the sportcast. But really what the 49ers are doing now is it, it, it's great. It's perfect. And it, what, what Purdy can do is while the league is all zigging, the 49ers are zagging. And that's, yeah. that's important. That's a good way to do yeah. things. But really what they need now is in order to, to remain successful is over the, like say this season was a good learning season for him. He needs to, yeah. again, next season. And now what he needs to do while he has that support cast is to begin to evolve. So he needs yeah. to add other skill sets to his game so that once his supporting and his skill players begin to age and they no longer become as effective as they have been, he's now evolving to bring everybody else up with him. Yeah. And th- and that's the hard part. Cause like you say, well, can he do that? And the question is, we don't know. Like th- there are players who come in with a very specific skill set, you know, mm-hmm. that's very good. Um, you think, yeah, perfectly fine, but they never evolve. Um, mm-hmm. Hence why we see so many first round quarterbacks come into the league have maybe not a bad rookie year and fall off. And then you get other players that completely blindside you and come out of nowhere like Brady did. And Brady is the same situation is that what was, what happened there initially is when you look at the, the roster and the team Brady had, uh, when you think of everything, you know, even some really elite wide receivers and two amazing tight ends to begin with. And, and, that team, um, and plus also the important thing is having a really good defense, which is yeah. important as well, because that keeps the yeah. score low, um, takes the pressure off the quarterback, and the 49ers have that, the Patriots have that. So then what happens is, as 
it did with Brady as time evolved. He just he he evolved as those players moved in and out of the roster, and you know you get to the stage where he's holding up a hand and a ring on each finger. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, the Stephen has a point here, and we kind of, we kind of finished with the the talk of who's the better quarterback and stuff like that. But he says, Trevor Lawrence is an example of a great quarterback who hasn't done it fully at NFL level. And I, I think that's maybe does him a little bit of a disservice, but I get the point Stephen is trying to make in that he's number one overall pick mm. and hasn't, like he got them to the playoffs last year, but not this year. Yeah. Lawrence is in a kind of different situation altogether again. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, and But I always say with callbacks is let them ride out for a rookie contract and then yeah. you find, by then you'll know exactly what type of quarterback you're dealing with. And even then, you know, you think of some late bloomers in the mm. quarterback position. I mean, like, you know, the Rams get rid of Goff and Goff ends up taking the lines to the NFC Championship. And yeah. vice versa with the Lions and Matt Stafford. That you you never know, unfortunately. Like I, I get a question a lot with quarterbacks mm. around this time of year. And it, it it's getting to the point where you just kind of like you just have to turn around and you say, This is what he's good at, and this is what he's bad at. Yeah. And they go, Well, where, you know, where do you think he'll be in his career? You just, I really don't know because quarterbacks are just the, the biggest dart throw you because you just yeah. don't know how they will progress and evolve. Yeah. And they can bloom at any stage of their career, you know? And I mean, you and I are blue in the face saying this about everyone who's going, oh, we need to get rid of Dak, just draft a quarterback. <laughs> there is no such thing as just draft one. It doesn't <laughs> work like that. No. Because, like, I mean, like, the, the simplest the argument, the simplest yeah. argument to that is to go like, okay, uh, yeah, we just, we, let's get rid of Dak. Let's, let's not bother signing him to a long-term deal and just draft one. If it's as easy as that, I always say, why are there not 32 starting NFL quarterbacks in the league then? Because if it's as simple as just draft a guy, then yeah. every year the league – should in theory be getting better as a group of callbacks because each team is ridden of themselves of a callback and have just drafted a callback so they're instantly better. And it doesn't yeah. work that way. You know, you see time and time again that you know callbacks just don't strike. They don't take to the scheme, yeah. the coaching, the league, the pressure, the workload. Um yeah. <laughs> college is very depending in which conference you play in yeah. <laughs> as well, can be very varied in the type of talent you get on defense. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, Craig is kind of saying it there, which is right. Dak has bloomed this year into a top five to an eight, you know, after he's recovered from his injury. And I mean, there's 20 other teams who would take Dak Prescott gladly. There's more than that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I mean, like I read one before that, Dak is the first quarterback in NFL history to have led the league in interceptions one year to then come back the following year and lead the league in touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, uh, and he's the first 
quarterback as well to do that for the Cowboys. I know St- Lorne is going to tell me off. I'm going to Starbuck done it. Yeah, okay, he did in a joint effort. It was him and another quarterback. The, yeah. Dak is the first quarterback for the Cowboys to do it as the sole touchdown leader. Yeah, and I mean, it. it it's it's not so much as, you know, he, he did that. It's this... In a, this is a modern league which is pass first. You know, that's oh, all yeah. we heard on Sunday yeah. night. Pass first, pass first, pass first. And I'm I'm not taking a shot at, at the Aggies here when I say this. Stephen himself You're okay, is you want to hurt my feelings, you're okay. And you know yourself. He says, see Johnny Manziel, all the talent, none of the mentality. And I mean, if Jerry had had it his way in 2016, Paxton Lynch would have been on this roster and Dak Prescott yeah. wouldn't have yeah. been. So you have sliding doors. But before before we get off the Super Bowl, I did want to bring up <laughs> something Stephen said here. And he said, you know, the 49ers' biggest strength was their linebackers. Losing Dre Greenlaw is what cost them the Super Bowl, in my opinion. On defense, it's he's very right. hard to argue with that. Yeah, he's very right. Yeah. Um, and it was crazy because I'm sitting there and I watched the playback of, of Greenlaw Celebrating, mm-hmm. running on the field, I just flop like a dead fish, and you kind of like oof. I, and immediately, as soon as you say that, you know, and and what well, Stephen's saying there, yeah, abs- bang on. As soon as I seen, it, I was like, this is going to be hard for the 49ers to adjust for because yeah. so much of that that 49ers defense is based. Obviously, you've got Bosa on one side who's really important, yeah. but it's predicated on the middle. Uh, yeah. of basically the middle of the field. So it's your two defensive tackles and your two linebackers, but the two linebackers are just these guys who, they, well, they do it all, but they're fast, mm. they're, they're quick, yeah. lateral movement, they can cover and they can come down and clog. That's the two big things. And yeah. they, they're good at really at both. And it's it's so rare to find linebackers, I know that's what we're going to talk about now. Yeah, it's rare to find linebackers that can come down and clog the hole. Yeah, but also be able to drop and cover into part and you know get into zone. It's rare, yeah. and, and the 49ers well, ironically have two. <laughs> <laughs> it, it like like it is true, um, and I mean, Craig, as Craig is saying, what a crazy situation for him. Best of luck in his recovery. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, it, it, it is true. I mean, bef- before we segue off, I just want to make one more point about the, the Super Bowl. Um, I saw Dave Hellman was tweeting during the Super Bowl suggesting oh, no. that Tyron, Tyron Smith goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Dave, if you're watching, we're going to have words. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's a, he, he, he has his moments. I, I do love Dave. He's fun. <laughs> he does indeed. But, I mean, look, it would be remiss of us not to talk about the fact that we also have a new defensive coordinator in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Zimmer uh, inked his deal last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, Mike. I mean, I've been vocal enough to say I think this is a dead coaching ticket walking. Um, I don't <laughs> know if... Mike Zimmer is here for the long term. I mean, a lot of people are giving out about the fact, oh, he's been out of football for two years. Mike McCarthy was out of football for a year before he was with us. You know, being out of football for a year or two can have its benefits. That, you know, and, and 
then there's people who is going, I don't know about Zimmer, and then talking at the other side of their mouth and going, but I do like the Rax Ryan. You're like, same same situation, yeah. same boat, yeah. different name. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I get with Zimmer, like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I get the yeah. Zimmer higher. Yeah. I have my reservations about it because yeah. I, I mean, like, but at the same time, so, you know, the comment I made was Zimmer's been at the league when he was a head coach at the Vikings and he got fired. I thought that was it for him. I thought yeah. he's never coaching in the NFL yet. That, that, that's that put to bed. But I also make comments about that. There are some coaches in this league who are better at being a coordinator than uh, than they are a head coach, and um, you you do see this. You see it time and time again. I think that's the situation with Dan Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think fantastic coordinator as a head coach, maybe not so much. But we'll mm-hmm. wait and see. We'll wait and see on that one. That could yeah. be the same situation with Zimmer. But what I like with Zimmer, that you know, if you want pros and cons, there are obviously to all coaching hires higher ends. Yeah. Um. The, the positive, because I just want to stick with the positive, let's remain optimistic, Yeah, is that Zimmer, when you look at it time and time again, is you look at, when you think of like the Vikings defense, it, it's defensive backs for definite, which is something that is the Cowboys strength now, which is yeah. weird to say. Um, what happens with Jalen Kirst, don't know, uh, but we've got Marquise mm. Bell, um, yeah. so that will be interesting. Yeah. But it's that, but it's also with Zimmer, and you didn't see it with Dan Quinn, really, uh, is that with Zimmer, he will adjust on the fly. So yeah. if he sees something, he will adjust to that in-game. He won't yeah. just stick to the path and be like, no, this was our plan. This is what we practiced for. This is what the plan is. Mm-hmm. Let's not deviate. It will organize itself. Our talent is too strong. Yeah, uh, for this plan not to work, you know that's not the mentality of Zimmer. He is. This is what they're doing. Let's adjust. They'll then the offense adjusts. He'll watch it and adjust again. Um, that's the Zimmer way. So yeah. we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. One thing yeah. I know for sure that will happen is the the offside penalties won't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> when it comes to penalties. With Zimmer, I mean, he's going to clamp down on them big time. You will yeah. not see as many penalties on defense, that's for sure. And I mean, like, the, 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 I suppose the next big question, and I mean, you kind of alluded to it there in terms of Zimmer will make adjustments on the fly. A lot of people were kind of concerned, oh, he plays a 3-4, that's not our strength. Mike Zimmer is a guy who uses hybrid. He always has. That's it, yeah. You know, but what what is uh, Mike Zimmer defense going to look like for us? I mean, like, but for starters, like, I think nowadays when you think of defense, I know what people talk about with base uh, defense and like how important that can be. There's two things: Cowboys defense, if you look at it, can play both. They have personnel to be able to do a three-four yeah. and a four-three defense. But when you look at it nowadays, both in both terms, it's not really something you see much of anymore. Nowadays, mm-hmm. most defenses are, are pretty much in nickel all the time. Yeah, it, it's two two linebackers are back there roaming yeah. around, and like you say, then you've got a hybrid guy who do a little bit of both, um, or 
You've got edge defenders who can play in a two stance and drop and, and yeah. play into coverage if they need to. You, you kind of see a mix and match of it all nowadays. It, you know, in the Cowboys, when you think of how they're geared up and especially whatever they choose to do with Jonathan Hankins, and then you think of Micah mm-hmm. Parsons, where you can put him. Sam Williams is is another good example yeah. uh, of being able to play hybrid both ways because I know you, you say, no, he's he's a hand down in the dirt, three-point stance, yeah. defensive end pass rusher. You know, you go, okay, but... I also watched him last season play special teams as yeah. a gunner and yeah. completely destroy the field. So yeah. we've seen Sam Williams's speed, mobility, acceleration, burst, uh, ability to get off block mm-hmm. on special. So that tells you that there's that I doubt it would happen. I mean, I can imagine if push comes to shove, they could do it. Now I've seen his, you know, his speed and his get off. But if we did want to put Sam Williams as a linebacker, yeah. it could kind of work. It, you know, you'd have yeah. to go through a lot of coaching with Sam to yeah. get him into a more of a free mode because linebacker is a lot of instinct. You know, you've got to have yeah. a lot of instinct of where you need to be. But I think in terms of the athletic ability he has, it could it would look really weird. Mm. <laughs> but it, yeah. it, it could work with coaching. Yeah. And I mean, the, the 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 standout thing for me, and I think this is pretty much what we're going to talk about, we're leading into talking about, mm. is Mike Zimmer's main defense in Minnesota was that two off-ball linebacker set yeah, yeah. with Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr. So whilst Brian Broaddus has said, the one thing you do not do is let this guy into the draft room. And I would expect the door will be firmly shut on him. But you will receive, see, see a return to those kind of big body linebackers, like when we had Jalen and Leighton Van Der Esch, both fully fit and at Pro Bowl, All Pro level. That's kind of yeah. what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, they are missing a thumper. Uh, uh, yeah. You know that thumper, that, that thumper in the middle, that Mike linebacker. Ironically, there's. Mike linebackers in this draft mm-hmm. and the linebacker position, like me and you was talking about this the other, the other yeah. week off here that I actually quite like the linebacker position that when you stop and the combine is going to be a great place where I reckon yeah. a lot of Cowboys fans need to pay a lot of attention to the linebackers, not so much yeah. the, 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 uh, the, 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 the pass rushing type linebackers, mm-hmm. but um, you know, that the, the the coverage and the off-ball type linebackers. Watch them. Yeah. Because when you look at it initially, just on paper, you go, eh, yeah, okay, it's nice there. And you go, eh. But when you start diving into it, you start dissecting these guys, you go, oh, wow, this guy's got something. And then you go yeah. to the next guy, and all of a sudden you're, you've you got your little box and you've got your scores on my sheets that you do. And I go, well, this guy's ticking boxes and he's got, relatively good scores you know yeah and then you go to the next guy and the next guy and once you start diving into the linebackers they start to impress you it, it just that when you look at it initially and I, you know we'll mention a few of them tonight they they don't pop off when you yeah. look at them but once you start diving into them they raise an eyebrow mm-hmm. and, yeah and i mean 
Stephen, I don't know if you were reading the article yesterday in The Athletic. Um, he's he's asking for an offensive tackle in the first round, a linebacker in the second round, and a running back in the third. And yeah, I think, what, what was it I said to you? It was Marius Mims, Edgerin Cooper, and mm. Blake Coram was who the Athletic had us drafting in a three-round mock yesterday. Nice. But I mean, look, I've mentioned the name. It's it's what we're here to talk about tonight. It's it's off ball linebackers. And we're gonna start with a Texas AM Aggie. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. Um, okay, so the first thing I like, I always like to do when it comes to defensive plays in the SEC is who made the first team. The all SEC first team. That ticks yep. a box straight away. Yep. And if you're a linebacker or a defensive lineman that's on there, you already get my interest. Now, I, I already yep. watching Aggies football knew a bit. What I liked about Cooper is freshman year, it's it's not so much work, it's a little subtle. The next mm-hmm. year he gets an increase in work. He looks better than the previous year. And we've talked about this before, the, the steady incline. The next year then you see the steady incline. He gets more work and he looks just yeah. as good again. And he, so he has the progressive incline, which tells you he's on his way up and he's not stagnating or on his way down. Yeah. So that's a big thing for me. So I, that, that's ticking two boxes. Um, obviously he's all American as well. So maybe yeah. all American. A very, very good player. Very athletic, very quick, lateral mover, agility, speed. That, although, can be a detriment to him. I mean, we'll talk yes. about it in a moment. But the other detriment to him is that he plays as a Mike linebacker, right? And we were just talking about Mike linebackers. He does play as one. And on the Aggie defense, he did play Mike linebacker. Mm-hmm. And he has that Mike, like, that Mike linebacker mentality. Uh, and it's fantastic because, you know, they will drop him into coverage too on those cover, uh, on those cover one, cover three plays. And you see him do it, and he does it with good effect because he's got the speed, and he's also got very, very good instincts and understanding of what the defense is doing. The big problem is, is he plays as a Mike linebacker, but he's just barely over two hundred and twenty pound. Yeah, yeah. So you that's the problem. Yeah. So there's Cowboys fans this year who complained about. Um, that our linebackers already saying that they play too light, they play, uh, you know, they play more. You know, we've got to stop having these safeties come in and try and play linebacker with Edwin Cooper. You're moving not far from that, okay? That, yeah. that That's the big, the first big problem. So, the issue you've got is you say, okay, so can he put on weight? You can, but then you're going to lose one of the things that makes him extremely special, which is his coverage capabilities mm-hmm. as, a, as a cover linebacker and, and really out of all the linebackers that you look at and you talk about he is the best right in yeah. terms of everything the whole package he's not the best player he's not the best linebacker to come out but he's the best prospect based on yeah. the full body of work all yeah. the skills that he has and the red flags so of all of those he is the best mm-hmm. but the issue you've got is because of his size, he struggles to scrape, first of all. So that's yeah. a big problem. 
And the other issue is getting off blocks. So he will want to play because he he's he 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 is playing Mike linebacker. He will want to come down and fill a hole. Once he does, very much in a different way, but in a similar style as Leighton Van Der Esch, they don't learn to get off blocks. They just learn to jam them. And yeah. that is what's happened with Cooper. He is, however, a very, very, very good linebacker. And at the Shrine Bowl, um, I was like, this is one of the best players who was mm. there. Yeah. Um, the reason why he's gotten away with it whilst playing in college is because of his speed and his ability. Yeah. He's figured out to not get on block, not to get on block. And it's quite clever because what happens is because he's very intelligent, he's able to recognize the defense and what they're trying to do. He uses that speed to get around blocks. Yeah. So if he can do that in the NFL, which when you look at it, I think he can um, possibly, then that becomes quite a big positive for him because now you understand he's not going to hold he's not going to hold up the blocks so you create your your defensive scheme around the idea of your front four will take that on and then you let Cooper roam and and go free around blocks to get to the ball carrier Um, the other big thing as well is because of his speed and it's something the Cowboys didn't really do even though they got a lot of sacks last year, is they don't blitz a lot, the Cowboys. Yeah. But with Coop, you can. You you will be able yes. to send Cooper out because I think he had, I think it was 11 sacks last year. Um, and in the SEC, that's a, that's a phenomenal feat. It's either 10 or 11 sacks. Um, mm-hmm. You can have a look if you want. I, I think that's right. Um, yeah. So the guy is, is really, really good at being able to get to the ball carrier, whether it's the quarterback or the yeah. running back. So I think personally myself that we was talking about that the hybrid scheme. Yeah. He fits that. You're not going to have him to come in and play as a 4-3 linebacker. And then when you think about what we have with Damon Clark, and then you yeah. think about what we have then with DeMarvin Overshone, mm-hmm. you, you're going to have a lot of speed so yeah. you're gonna have to think ahead really about what you want your defensive tackles and nose tackles mm-hmm. uh to really go out there and do because yeah. if you're gonna have these guys do this you know we were talking about the 49ers linebacker situation yeah. <laughs> like if you used to have it with these guys with cooper you're having more of the chase down tackler yeah. coverage linebacker as opposed to coming down at the line and being able to do it. Because if you are going to have him come down, you're going to have to understand you're going to have him moving around blocks as opposed to taking them on. Yeah. He's 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 not, he's not going to be a guy who's going to hit the line and push a center or push an offensive guard back. No, no. You know, as you say, he's not that thumper. That's that. That's his weakness, and I mean, you could say that about Damone Clark. You can say that about um, Demarvin and Overshone as well. Yeah. Demarvin Overshone, another good example of that. Yeah, they're both undersized for linebacker. When you're talking about, as you say, that 
big, mean thumper off the ball side to side. But I mean, as you say, he does have that that ability. He has that speed to play as a side to side linebacker. Yeah, and kind of to, to Stephen's point here, he says if we draft Cooper, you're going to have to make sure that Mazzy Smith has developed and put the weight back on because yeah. you're going to need that anchor in the middle. Yeah, I, I don't get the the making Mazzy Smith lose weight thing. So yeah. baffles me. Yeah. But yeah, no, agree. Um, it's it's going to be so when, when you're talking like with Mazzy Smith, you're looking at him to, to take on the two gap in a lot more yeah. efficiently. You're gonna have to do that if you're having faster, lighter, hybrid style linebackers. It's up to the front four to take on the majority of the work of holding things up. Yeah, the idea is is they they take on the blocks. The re- it's going to leave holes for the running mm-hmm. back to get through. But the idea is is you've got fast enough running backs and running backs you've got fast enough linebackers to get over and cover you know go slow before you know is the big yeah. mentality for those linebackers as they flow in towards the the, the, the ball carrier but you get some pass rushing from coop you get a lot of good coverage you know yeah. he's proven time and again and he is and he was on the aggies uh the the the, 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 the he was the center part of the defense but he was also the the big playmaking guy, you know, mm. you know, like we had ironically another Texas A&M guy, but that wasn't on purpose. But Donovan Wilson for the Cowboys, yeah. you yeah. think, especially towards the end of the season, the start of the season was a little bit iffy, but towards the yeah. end of the season, he was this guy who was making, he was the playmaker on defense. Like you just yeah. come out, not necessarily sacks and deceptions, but he'll make the tackles at the line. He will get a tackle for the loss out of nowhere. He'll mm-hmm. be able to get the, the, that's Donovan Wilson stuff. Well, that's not that it's the same way as what Cooper was doing, but yeah. in that sense that he's a playmaker uh, on defense of, for the Aggies, and that's what he will do. And a, a lot of those playmaking skills that he has, which is mostly down to his instincts and his understanding of coverage and what the line, you know, what the offense is showing mm-hmm. him, he's able to do that on the similar level. Yeah. And I mean, kind of. Joe Joe has made a point here, and look, it's it's something we do need to talk about. You know, we need to sign a linebacker in free agency. You can't expect rookie linebackers to come in and in here and help us right away. Look what happened mm. with Mazzy Smith. But I mean, the the question I'd have for you, and I mean, it's what I've read in most draft reports, is Edron Cooper is likely a day two pick. Yes, but he is a guy who can start immediately. Definitely, yeah. No, you, you're gonna get. He's going to be a starter from the moment he comes in. That's yeah. without a doubt. But a lot of the day two thing is just preference uh, mm. of how teams value off ball linebackers now. Yeah. that that's a lot. You say is he a day one talent? That's close. That's like fringe. You know, yeah. if you wanted to cheat, you could give him a one-two. But I think that's even then yeah. being a little bit rich. You could, you know, if, um, if you wanted to go down that road. It, it it does depend, as you say, it does depend on what teams need and, and will yeah. want out after free agency. I mean, right now, and like I, I had a look back on this and I, I mentioned it to you in the last couple of days. But I mean, the Cowboys have a checklist of what mm. they want in guys. Yeah. Has the guy played at the Shrine Bowl? 
have they had all American honors? Yeah, they do like you their know. shrine and their senior ball yeah. guys. <laughs> you know, so that you know, if you want to build a checklist of who the cowboys are going for, get a list of the shrine ball players, get a list of senior ball players, get a list of guys who are all SEC, Big Twelve, Big Ten, whatever it is, and you'll be very quickly able to cross it off. But I mean, if if he's there at fifty eight, and look, he could rise. He could rise inside the first round very easily. Um, I mean, at fifty eight, I think it's a slam dunk pick if he's oh, yeah. there. Yeah, done. and you know, it's it's not a risk. It's not a you know, oh geez, you know, there's red flags. There's no red flags with this guy at all. This is a guy you can come in, start, and you're ready to go from day one. Yeah, and. Yeah, we'll talk about some other guys in a moment. Mm-hmm. That there's a lot of linebackers, off-ball linebackers in this year's draft that do come with red flags, but they also come with a lot of they they've played a long time. With obviously, you know, when you talk about the COVID year as well, yeah, that they they've been in college quite a while. Yeah. Whereas for Cooper, the snap count isn't huge, so there's still plenty of tread left yeah. on the tie, which is a big thing for linebackers, off-ball yeah. linebackers especially. Especially, yeah. 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 <laughs> and I mean, look, unless there's anything else you want to discuss on on Edron Cooper, I mean, we can move along to the next guy who who definitely has had a lot of tread on the tires used so far. Go on, and which one are you going for? I think, I, I think we're looking at Peyton Wilson here. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, complete opposite there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, again, another guy who, and he really impressed me um, in the All Star. Like, was it, I'm pretty certain he was the Shrine Bowl he was yeah. at. And the guy is all over the field. You know, lateral movement, speed, bulk. You know, getting to the ball, carry, chasing. I mean, the guy's just a demon. That once he sees the ball, he's gone, and he's going to get it. Mm. But as you say, the tread. Okay, let's start there. Yeah. The the problem with it, so Peyton Wilson as his skill set as a player, I would actually go as far to say from what I've seen, he was better than Cooper. The yeah. issue is that there's five years of playing, mm-hmm. then there's the 2022. He has an ACL tear, mm-hmm. which is big for linebackers. Yeah. And he's also had a bit, he's had shoulder surgery for a shoulder injury. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got, you've you've got basically both elements of the body. So this is what I'm talking about with Coops. Um, And there's very little red flags. The other guys, there's red flags. For Peyton Wilson, the red flags are the injuries, the medicals. Yeah. He, He has... All the athleticism in the world. I mean, the guy, you, you, I, I hope we get to see it in the combine. The dude, I think, is probably going to run the fastest 40. Yeah. I reckon, are the off ball linebackers. He's going to run very, very, very fast. He's also mm-hmm. going to have, you know, on the hops, he's going to have big numbers on the jumps. You're going to yeah. see all of that with Peyton Wilson. Yeah. The trouble, of course, is is that we don't see it. Is they're gonna he's gonna go off for his medicals, they're gonna poke and prod him, MRIs, the guys are gonna get all of that. Now it becomes especially for a linebacker of a position that's so volatile. Yeah. Is 
it becomes a risk assessment for the team. You're yeah. going to say he's going to last X amount of years. Are we willing to spend pick number, insert number, whatever you want? Mm-hmm. And is yeah. that worth it? But, and I think for the Cowboys, that it's so difficult with Wilson to say where he'll land because, unfortunately, you're basing everything on tape from what you can see. Then you have to deduct from what you can imagine from past players and from experience from doing it that where he's where he's going to be able to play or for the yeah. distance or for the length of time or the career that you will have. Yeah. So you kind of like oh, oh, that's like an early day three pick, but this is completely I guess without seeing any of the medicals because yeah. everything else that you see from him. Um, is fine, you know. You could say maybe he could put on a little bit more bulk for the type yeah. of player he is. You know, maybe some upper body strength, perhaps, which yeah. in the NFL isn't going to be hard in those weight rooms and mm-hmm. you know on um, the programs they put them on. Yeah, that's maybe the thing you could do. I mean, he's not in terms of as a cover and a run stopper, one of the best that's coming yeah. out. Brilliantly fantastic. Not going to offer you very much as a pass rusher, so forget about no. that. No. Um, but the big, big issue with him is the medical red flags. It's, it's yeah. huge. And, and the amount of snaps. The snap count's massive. Yeah. And, I mean, look, as Stephen says here, Jerry loves an injured player in the second round. I don't see it. I, I, I tend to agree. Look, if they don't get a linebacker in the second round, he's there in the third, I think, that's that. That's someone you're gonna see. I mean, we we've seen it with guys in recent drafts. I'm thinking of Nicobe Dean, you know, mm. a guy who was spoken about as a first round talent. He was going to absolutely be a first round pick. I think did he slip to the bottom of the third? Yeah, I think he did. But even yeah. then, you know, when you think where they drafted him, he then has disappeared on for the. He literally didn't. I can't think of a yeah. game where he dominated or or he played yeah. to expectation. Yeah. And I mean that like it, it is the concern, as you say. I mean, we all we all still wonder that. I mean, I think you called during draft week Nicobe Dean's gonna drop, there's gonna be concerns because of the medicals. And I mean, this this is kind of news that we we you know, when it comes out, we'll share it with you guys. Um but I mean, it's 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 something to watch out for, especially with Peyton Wilson. I mean, his size, his ability. There's no question. There's absolutely no question with it. And it, you know, if he didn't have those medical red flags, you would probably be talking about a marginal first round player. Again, you'd be hovering around with with. Cooper is, you know, they'd yeah. be, they'd be very, they'd be much closer than really what they are now. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, like the, the way we always do it, or the way I was taught is, for a minor injury, you drop them. So if they're like at the top of the second, uh, as a minor injury, you drop them to the bottom of the second. For a major yeah. injury, you drop them an entire round. Yeah. Well. Wilson has both. He's had two major, major injuries. Yeah. So you kind of mm-hmm. have to drop him, drop him down twice, basically. Yeah. 
And I mean, that's, as I say, that pushes him into that range where potentially you could get him in the third round. But hmm? unless you've anything else you want to discuss on him, we might move on to the next guy. Yeah, yeah, because my, my screen is frozen right now, mate, if I'm frozen. <laughs> Am I frozen on the screen? No, no, I still have you. Oh, right, well, my screen's at the moment is just frozen, so you keep going. You're in control yeah. right now because I can't see anything. So, I mean, the next guy we'll talk about is Cedric Gray out of North Carolina. I mean, six foot two, 235, first team all AC for 2022 2023, a team captain. I mean, this guy screams ability. Yes, I mean, another athletic guy. Yeah, very athletic. Um, I mean, it's a common theme with these guys this year. Um, yeah, yeah a lot of ability there. Um, he's for his size and his build. When you watch him on screen for the Tar Heels, he he looks squatty, which is what mm. actually helps him. Um, mm. because that makes him difficult to get around because he's just so squat. He's just down there and he's like, he's, it's like, it's like as if he's a Staffordshire Bull Terrier, you know, just he's hard to move off. Um, this is a guy though, who, who will be able to take on blocks and has an understanding of how to engage in blocks, when to take them on and when to come off them. Um, he's very good at doing that. Um, and most of that isn't because of strength, it's more technique that when you watch it, and there was one clip I watched, and it's fantastic, and you can see him chopping the hands and using his hands to get away with it, uh, and mm-hmm. it is really, really good. And when you watch it, you think, man, that, that's some high round type talent type stuff we're watching. Yeah. Um, and he's a good tackler as well, he's really good at tackling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull you up on that one. Go on, then. I mean, he's 57 missed tackles across the last three seasons. Okay, yes, yeah. That's a huge <laughs> issue. <laughs> he's not consistent, but he has technique. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there is that. And mostly it's because he's a guy who will try and tackle guys from behind, is what yeah. he is. Yeah. Um, so... What what you tend to get is that it's not so much he's missing tackles, it's that the the running back's able to shake him off, basically. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, it's more like the 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 running back is m- more powerful than him to get off the tackle. Yeah. Um I I I think he's 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 a fine linebacker. I quite like him. Mm-hmm. Um but <laughs> so when we're talking about is he a better player than say like Cooper, no. who I, I really and it's not a bias. He's my number yeah. one off ball linebacker. Yeah. You say so. What what is the issue with him not being the best? And um, with him, I worry about his play style. That yeah. It's so scrappy and fast, and it's it, it's accelerating, accelerate yeah. out, accelerate in, accelerate out. Um, 
you let me chase, 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 chase. And you think in the NFL, like college is slightly different. You'll get away with it because you're going to yeah. sometimes face guys who you can overpower. In the NFL, that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So what I get concerned about with him is the, the size isn't the problem because, you know, he's six foot, 235-ish. Yeah, 235, yeah. Yeah, so you kind of go, okay, the size isn't the problem, but it's just the, the play style that goes with it, that what he does. Yeah. And you just say, that's not going to create a long career. Because mm. um, I just think he's just going to get pummeled and, and beaten down. Yeah. And in games, you're going to look and you're going to be like, well, where, where's he gone? And you're just like, he's gassed out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, the the points I've written down about him, look, he's a high-motor, high-energy player, but he's a guy who plays with his hair on fire. Yeah, he really does. And, you know, as you've, you've kind of alluded to it, he has that scrappy dog, you know, in him. Mm. But when you play like that, it doesn't translate in the NFL because players in college tend not to run over to you unless you get to playing at that elite, you know, top two, top three level, you know, or you're in the college playoff contention, you know. So that's that. That's the thing. He hasn't been tested to that same extent. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Yeah, Don't, totally with you on that one. Yeah, can't disagree. Yeah. So moving on to the other guy that we said we'd discuss, who's also from the ACC, uh, Jeremiah Trotter out of Clemson. I mean, yeah. again, he a guy with the with the build of a traditional linebacker, mm-hmm. six foot two thirty pounds, you know, and and also comes from solid stock in that his fa- his father Jeremiah Trotter Senior was an All Pro and a four time Pro Bowl linebacker. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, we spoke last week about a lot of sons in this year's draft. Another one again. Yeah. Um, the, the the thing with this one is again brilliant linebacker. The issue is he comes with red flags, and mm. <laughs> again we're here again. So it's not that he's a bad player; that he is a guy where you have to give your risk assessment while you're at the combine and decide what value you want to put in him. So, yeah. like like this, the guys like Wilson and Trotter again are guys where I'm going to sit there and I'm going to wait because we don't know. But you're yeah. going to wait till after the combine to get a feel for the news of not so much how they interviewed, but just like how they felt about the player, his medicals, his background, and all the rest of mm-hmm. it. But otherwise, from that, you think he's not a bad linebacker. He is a good linebacker. Um, yeah. Again, a, a fast guy. Um, yeah. Never stops. It is scrappy. Um, you know, there's a lot you can develop with him because there's still mm-hmm. when you look at his frame, it's like he's not maxed out. So you've yeah. got room to play with with him on how you decide you want him to play for for your defense. And yeah. because you've got that flexibility with him, he becomes inadvertently through no fault of his own, he becomes versatile in how plays what so if they want him to be a little bit more because he's got the athleticism and he's yeah. got the power and the strength, you say, Okay, um, Okay, let's 
make him this fast twitch type linebacker. You go, let's put some weight on him uh, yeah. uh, and we'll get him to take on blocks and come down the line and fill the hole. So you've got a lot of options with trial. Just the issue ha- uh, is really, again, it's the risk assessment on mm. how you want to utilize him and how that creates longevity and what yeah. value you put that then on yeah. your draft picks. Yeah. I mean, for me, that that that's the one thing that stuck straight out is you're going to have to have a specific plan for him. He's not going to be a three-down linebacker for uh, us. No, yeah, no. Um, I see the way that they could. Like, say yeah. you had injuries and he, had, yeah. he has to fill a three-down role, he could. But, yeah, I agree. Like, more as a nickel linebacker. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, I'm sorry. Carry on. I'm listening to no, you. No, I mean, like, the, the the other concerns that I would have for him is, I mean, he can't pass rush. He doesn't have the ability no, to No, you're it. not getting any pass rush. No. He doesn't have that higher-end speed that some of the other guys we spoke about has. His footwork is not great mm-hmm. in terms of what he, what he can do with it. And he can be baited out of the second level to drop in to the defensive line and quarterbacks will just throw the ball straight over his head mm. when, you know, when it's a run pass option, you know, and it's, it's just shit. He's been beaten. Someone's dumped the ball straight over his head, you know, and that's not what you want. You want a guy who has that ability to look and has that instinctual, right. As you kind of say, go slow until you know, and sometimes yeah. he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Just because he's just so, um, he's just so violent, and there, there's uh, what they call it a hot motor, and he, he really yeah. does. It, it just does not stop throughout the entire game. Um, you know, again, in in pursuit, in chases, he's got the speed, he's got the the burst, acceleration, the agility to get to the ball carrier and chase. Um, he's, I would say. Maybe not as much as Cooper, not far behind, but he's more than the other guys we just talked about, more yeah. instinctual against the run. Um, so he's more like he will speed past blocks when you watch him play Clemson. Yeah. He kind of works around them quickly because he's able to diagnose and engage run mode, run defense, yeah. very, very quickly. And then he knows he's got the speed and the acceleration to get over there quickly. So he, he never really engages in blocks at all. He just kind of uh, is able to fly through the hole, get skinny, and get over there quick, is what yeah. he does. He, he, he's a fun watch. Um, he, he is, but, I mean, you're, you're not going to look at this guy in the second round. And no, 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 potentially, no, no, no. potentially not going to look at him in the third. I'd agree. Yeah, you know, I unless mean, come in the third, then that that says to me that whoever takes him in the third has a very definitive plan on what they want him to be mm. and what they're going to go make him do. Yeah. Um, but they, you really do need to have a plan, and I agree that he's a nickel. You know, the more you think about it, that he can play. All three downs. How that's going to affect him, I don't know. Yeah. Um, those early down work. But certainly as um, a, a nickel linebacker, yeah, that works perfectly. You know, plus he can he, – he's got the ability. Um, he does lack 
upper body strength, functional yeah. strength. It's not to a point where you go, oh, and it's killing you. Just like mm. you'd like it to be a little bit more. Yeah, but that depends again. You know, as we're talking about him, that if that's if that's what your plan is for him. But he mm. is able to cover slot receivers and tight ends. He's able to do that work. He, he's good yeah. at that. So playing him as a nickel linebacker falls right in his wheelhouse for certain. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, if 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 we want to talk about the guy at linebacker who's going to be a run defender for you, you know, the 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 kind of the way I see Go on. Um, Trotter is that he, you know, running bass will will hit him, and mm-hmm. he'll kind of bend at the hips and the waist. Yeah, you want to talk about a guy who's going to hit someone, and they're going to go down. Yeah, you're talking about Tommy Eichenberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I I'm trying to think. There was a word I used before, and it was like, I think it was like tackling efficiency. Uh, or what, what what did I call it before? And it's a brilliant name. And it's like, or it's it, it's ground efficiency. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like you say with Trotter is you, he's going to take the tackle. Yeah. He's going to grab and wrap the guy up, but the running back's still going to get two or three yards yes. from that. Yeah. yeah. But with Eichenberg, he doesn't give up ground. So his efficiency yeah. his ground efficiency is a lot better that and i mean you know you're talking about a guy who's a lot bulkier anyway you know yeah. he's more when you look at him he does look more of your typical off ball linebacker who comes yeah. down in run defense that that and, and he, but he's not this lumbering slow type of linebacker mm-hmm. he's still very efficient yeah. Um at moving around uh, and shuffling yeah. up and down and across the line. Yeah. Um and that's mostly down to <laughs> you know, and here's the red flag, is that he's very instinctual. And he's instinctual yeah. because he's just played so much ball that he's yeah. play- I think he's another five year star, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, here's your red flag. Yeah. Um you know, th- this guy you don't have to have a plan for him, first of yeah. all, which for some teams might be what they're after. They're just like, nah, we don't want to do too much thinking on this. We just want a guy who we can put on the field. Uh, he's going to go fill the hole. He's going to stop the run. Well, that's this guy. Um, yeah. You could just plonk him in and away you go. He's already um, got that that bulky look to him. He's already filled out. So you can just put him in. Um, and just let him go do his thing. He's yeah. still going to chase. He's good at chasing the ball carries, good at getting yeah. to them. Um, he would, in coverage, I wouldn't like to see him drop too far into no. coverage. No way would you want to see that. <laughs> no. But, it's not good. It's not pretty. No, no, no. But say if you wanted him to cover, like, on passing plays, you want him to co- just keep an eye on and cover yeah. the running back, just in case mm-hmm. he goes on a wheel route or he comes out yeah. on the flat, that perfect. That that's yeah. the type of linebacker you're looking at, and you can already imagine how that looks. And he's going to get over there quickly. He's going to diagnose it because he's instinctively he's able to see it. He's going to go over yeah. and he's going to tackle that running back. Yeah, at the line of scrimmage, or at least only for a, a one yard gain. Very very yeah. good at doing that. And when you think of how the NFL is evolving on passing plays with the running back, that's exactly. Yeah. 
something yeah. you need from your linebackers, and that's something he's able to do. Um, yeah. But again, this is a guy who really is going to be in just pure run defense is what he's yeah. there for. He's not yeah. there as a pass rusher. Um, he's not this trucking tackler either. Like, you know, we, we spoke about ground efficiency or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. He's going to stonewall a, a, a running back and stop you going, but he's not the type of guy who will lay a truck down uh, and he's yeah. not going to smash through these tackles and you're going to see, running backs winded or like you know feel like they've just been struck by a truck yeah um or fumble the ball he's just gonna do he's just gonna just stop you in the track and that's it that that that's it plain and yeah. plain and simple he's like, he's not one of these turnover type guys you know yeah I mean my my kind of comparison for him and what I what I've seen of him there's a bit of Luke Keekly to him yeah yeah you know and like the, the, unfortunately, you also add in that Luke Keekley injury kind of profile. You know, it's some, it, it's a concern that you're going to have to watch for. Like he doesn't have elite speed. It you know there are going to be issues going sideline to sideline, but it's it it depends on who you partner him with in the yeah. linebacking core because yeah. he is a guy who can play all three downs, as you say. You don't want him dropping into coverage because that's not going to be pretty. So you want him picking up the tight end or picking up the running back on wheeler routes or options. Mm. But, I mean, there is a case to be made for Tommy Eichenberg possibly being the second-best off-ball linebacker in this class. You can. Again, this is all the combine that I think... With these linebackers, the combine is going to... Uh, and you're going to have to really keep your ear to the ground on this position yeah. for yeah. it. And that once you come out of the combine and you hear how teams are talking about plays, it's going to be the big mm. giveaway of how things really look. Because at the moment, we don't have all that to go off. No. You just have the tape um, from what you can find, you know, from... Yeah investigating and and asking around as well but you know these group of linebackers there's like right you say you can how you put them is like a Rorschach test really yeah. you know um it's whatever you've the beauty is in the eye of the holder on on this particular case and how yeah. you put them is it, it, and I wouldn't argue with you. I'd be okay, and, and you could make an argument for it to go either way. And Eichenberg yeah. is within that category of the the two, the second or the third off ball linebacker who you yeah. see there. If you said he's better than Cooper, I could be like, you making that argument? I can agree with you. Yeah. Um, like I say, there's players better than Cooper, and Eichenberg in terms of run defense is. He is bad, mm-hmm. but yeah. there's everything else that ties along with it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, I, I, I will hold my hand up and I'd say, yes, Edron Cooper is the best off-ball linebacker in this class. And I mean, you know you know how hard that is for me to say. <laughs> but, and, and, I mean, Steve... But I tell Steve you what, is... make yourself a little bit better then and talk about the Texas guy. <laughs> I will now in a second, but I mean, Stephen, Stephen is saying here, look, I'd take a Luke Keekly in a heartbeat. And I mean, I think that's what most of us would take because allied to 
what Eichenberg can do. He has that high football IQ. He's yeah. a multi-year team captain. And that's what mm-hmm. you want to see being brought in. And I mean, just something you said there, and it was something again that I wanted to allude to. When we talk about who the Cowboys are going to potentially take, we said, watch, get the list of who played at the Shrine Bowl, the Senior Bowl. Watch out for who they interview at the Combine. Watch out for who they bring in for the official 30 visits. Watch mm. out who comes in on Texas Day. And that's pretty much going to give you 90% of who this draft class will be. You still with me, Mike? You've frozen there. I'm not sure if we still have Mike, but look... We'll move along and we'll talk about Jalen Ford in the meantime. I mean, Jalen Ford is a prototypical linebacker here. Six foot three, 240 pounds. First team Big Big 12 in 2022. He was almost defensive player of the year in 2022. Um, You know, again, he's, he's a sideline to sideline guy. He's a guy who can hit the line. He has instincts. He has a high football IQ. He has a guy in the building who is going to work towards getting him into the Dallas Cowboys in terms of um, DeMarvian Overshone. Himself and DeMarvian Overshone played um, as linebackers for the Texas Longhorns defense in 2022. So definitely guys to watch. Um, I'm not sure if Mike is still with me. If someone can just send me a message and just say they're still hearing this, that'd be great. (laughs) Because I'm just talking to myself at the minute. Um, But, I mean, again, the concerns with Jalen Ford, it's sideline to sideline speed, acceleration, and he's not great at shedding blocks. Yeah. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate that. So, I mean, you know, if if you're going to bring in someone like a Tamar or a, a Jalen Ford, um, again, there's going to have to be a specific plan. And here's Mike rejoining us. Good evening, sir. Hello. I've I've had to go off my phone. My computer has <laughs> decided to go into a complete crazy flip. <laughs> so we've kind of given everybody the lowdown on Jalen Ford, what he can and can't do. But I mean, you know, give us your own thoughts on what Jalen Ford is and if he's a potential fit. Because I would imagine Demarvian Overshone is already in the linebackers' coaches here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I'm sure you you you're you're gonna like Ford. Um, yeah. The 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 thing with me with Ford is that he he's susceptible to being locked onto what the quarterback's doing. Yeah. So that means that from what I've seen on tape, you might be able to help me out. But yeah. I see that he's watching the quarterback, he's watching the quarterback, watching what he's doing, and he's completely missed everything else. Or he's... um he's reacted to a play action pass or yeah. he's reacted the wrong way um to the pass option and he's, yeah. he's going in the wrong direction so i i think i don't know whether that's a lack of instinct or that because he, he's got he's got a lot of short area quickness yeah so i'm not sure if 
that he's he's going into these bursts and he's using his agility and yeah. that's causing him to overrun or go in the wrong direction. I don't know which. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think the thing, the thing, and you're right, you're dead right in what you say. I think in 2022, you had Marvin Overshone beside him, who was kind of that spy. He was he was the guy who watched the quarterback. And you were allowing um, Ford that, that option to rush the passer and to react to what was happening, you know, in real time. He, he was quick, twitchy, that kind of a movement, that kind of a motor. Whereas without Overshone this year, he's kind of taking a bit too much of a look. He's he, he's giving up plays into the backfield quite easily. And Texas were beaten over the top on a lot of plays because Ford was too concentrated on what was happening ahead of them rather than kind of going, where's my position on the field? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, again, I'm not sure where I would place. Yeah. It, it's it's 50-50 where I place Ford. Yeah. Um, Oh, my computer sorting itself out slowly. Um, <laughs> so it's difficult to say. Again, he's he's corralled. He's in this group of off-ball linebackers where um, we'll let the combine be the determining factor on which direction it's going to go. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that that that's kind of the thing. I mean, players will start ascending in the next couple of weeks as the combine happens, as we get those medical reports happening. Um, and you'll see guys move up, you'll see guys move down. You know, as we said, Nicobe Dean was the first rounder in 2022, dropped to the third. I'm trying to think of the other guy from Georgia last year. The corner oh, um... was the first rounder and then dropped to the fourth. He went to that team up north as well. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I can I can picture him, but I mean, did this is what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks? Is guys who you think oh, what's his name? Our fourth round talents will drop, will climb. Guys who you think are first round talents will drop. Yeah, yes, very true. Yeah, I I'll get that name while you you keep talking there. Mate, you're okay because, like, at the moment, because my computer's gone into uh, a, a crazy fit right now, um, and I know exactly what's wrong. I left my memory stick in with all my uh, game tape on, so it's trying to run two things at once, and it's just gone into a complete uh, panic attack. But um, oh, I'm trying to Ringo. Ah, yes, there we go. That's exactly who I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you know, I we'll, we'll cover linebackers, I think, again, because there's yeah, enough for sure. them that we need to cover. Um, yeah. Let me get my angle right. There we go. So we'll, we'll definitely cover them again. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that, that for me is the, the first crop, the first – group if you like of important linebackers yeah you need to pay sure. attention. yeah and speaking of paying attention i think for anyone who's watching tonight please make sure and tune in on thursday night because i think 
Mike is going to have a special announcement for you guys. Mm, yes, about 2025. So yes. the, the details are in. We'll, I'll run a post tomorrow that'll have it all yeah. in. And then on Thursday's show, we'll talk. So if people have questions, they know where to come and where to go and ask those questions uh, about it all. <laughs> yeah. Myself and Mike had a very detailed conversation about this last night. Mm. And... Believe me, what's being planned is going to be something you guys are not going to want to miss. <laughs> but, I mean, before, before we get out of here, Mike, we'll pay the bills and give our good friend Barry a shout out. Let's do it. Yeah, if you're going to a game this season, make sure you book it with uh, Cowboys Experience. They have game day tickets, stadium tours meet and greets which are a lot of fun uh, and they will bespoke your package to however you want and they will get that organised for you and because they absolutely love us and we love you guys if you tell them you're with UK Cowboys give them that code, they will give you Brian, what will they give you mate? They'll give you chocolate pudding <laughs> Yes, they'll give you chocolate and some free stuff And a lot a lot of free stuff like Barry and the, Barry and the team over there will hook you up you will not regret giving them a shout going to a game with those guys. Um, I mean, Barry is one of the nicest people we know in in football and in life in general. Like we, we love talking to Barry. You know, he's he, he enjoys a good coffee and a drink with, and a chat with us. So we definitely would highly recommend it. Um, Mike, do you want to give yourself a shout out for Thursday night's show? Yes, we'll be on Thursday, 9pm. <laughs> I do look like I'm in the tunnel. Because um, <laughs> I've got my, my ring light, but my camera is in front of it. So I'm casting my own shadow. Um, <laughs> but we'll be on Thursday, 9pm uh, to do another draft show. Might try and get another special guest. I've been talking with somebody this week, so I'll see yeah. what their availability is like. Um, yeah. And we'll just do some more. We'll do some more draft talk. Yeah, and Mr. Paul will be back. You are sorry, Mr. Paul will be back. Yeah, but apparently so. We have not seen yeah. him for a very long time. Yeah, but I mean, look, folks. Before we get out of here, the 2024 season is here. It officially has kicked off. You know, it's it's time to start thinking what presents you want on draft day, on Christmas day, as as Mike and I will always say. <laughs> um, it is a good night for me, and I'll pass you over to Mike. And it's a good night from him. <laughs> <laughs> and good night, everybody.